In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 hello. Ryan Roxy here and welcome to another live stream episode of In the Trenches. Wow, today is one of those shows. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling very relaxed when we have family on the show and this, our guest is family. He really is. Um, well, let me get the whole spiel going. First of all, welcome to In the Trenches podcast. If you are listening to it on YouTube live and this is your first time, just hit that little subscribe button wherever our producer, our illustrious producer will put a, he will put a little arrow somewhere where it says subscribe. There it is. And uh, if you are uh, listening to it in your car on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you very much. But uh, pull that car over and get into our live chat, which is either on Facebook Live or our favorite home at YouTube, uh, YouTube Live. Come out there and check it out if you'd like to, uh, because today on In the Trenches, here's my big spiel. Um, on the show, we invite not only guests, but our listeners to dive deep into the trenches and find out what drives these artists and entertainers and keeps them inspired and what gives them that sort of creative force, right? What gives them that, what, what sort of sparks that creativity? But sometimes, sometimes this inspiration comes from being surrounded by these legends and household names. You know, being in close contact with these iconic personalities for long enough eventually gives you that confidence of like, yeah, I really do belong here in the room as well. So our guest today definitely knows a thing or two about hanging out with greatness. He's been Alice Cooper's assistant uh, and personal photographer for nearly 10 years. So uh, we know he's got stories, right? But today I also wanted to find more about his story. I wanted to find out about him before being Alice Cooper's personal assistant and touring photographer. Um, I wanted to find out about uh, the musician, the father, the beard. Please welcome to In the Trenches, Mr. Kyler Clark. Hello, Kyler. Hello, hello. How is everybody? Is that an illustrious uh, introduction I just gave you? That was pretty good. I, I wrote that. I, 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 it was very, I, I, I'm aghast. I'm a gas. <laughs> wax poetic, Thank right? Isn't that wax the- poetic? Wax yes. poetic, baby. Wax poetic. <laughs> How's it going? First question, right out of the gate. Why have I oh. not been invited on your podcast? It ended. <laughs> it ended. Dude. Oh, I, oh. I, as soon as as soon as I had Tommy, it's like, I, I, you guys are doing it right. You guys have, you guys have got the producer, Vic's helping out. Yeah, you've got the whole thing. I, you know, was throwing mine together. It's so much work. <laughs> no kidding. Up. Yeah. Putting on it, a podcast, but, folks, putting on a free podcast for you folks is a lot more time taxing, consuming than you'd think. Um, you'd think it would be, and, and you guys are doing video. I mean, I'm just doing um, basic. I was just doing basic. You were just audio pressing stuff. record, but there's so much more to going on. Yeah. And, and, but I'm just, it was just me talking and I did the one with Tommy and I had to edit all that stuff and I was like, I'm done. Oh, I we, don't have anything else to say. I'm yeah. just forget it. The first few episodes we tried to edit, and then after that, I think Vic and I just kind of looked at each this other is, and said, "You know what? This is going to be what awesome. it is. This is what this it's going to be. Just a couple guys talking cool, rock man. and roll. We got our Love family it. in the chat room. Thank you guys very much. You're going to notice a lot of the comments are going to be flying up here on the screen. Those are the good people that are in the chat right now. But of course, we're talking with Kyler Clark, and we just found out that his own podcast is a classic. Now it's a classic. It's Confessions classic. of a Serial Kyler is now is on Cla- Turner Classics, or where you can still find it on. Um, you'll find Retired. it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, right? You can, 
actually they have all of the uh, all the episodes are archived uh you can get them at the blockbuster they're all on VHS now, and you can get them at Blockbuster. I think uh, Vic has a little picture of that uh, uh, Confessions of Kyle, uh, Serial Kyler podcast. You going to put that up there, Vic? No? You don't have it? Okay. Um, so moving, yeah, moving right along. <laughs> Starting out, batting a thousand. You got to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, you're, you're going to be my next guest. All right. 100%. I was going to be your next guest, and then we got canceled. <laughs> I was just like, forget it. Same thing happened with music trivia. I was supposed to be the next guest on that as well. Yeah. I like <laughs> Inside it. joke, those for those of you that know about the RGA. So we start off the show with let's go back to get forward. And that basically okay. means I want to find out and how, you know, not want to find out. Because there wasn't a lot of research for me to do, right? Everybody has a Wikipedia right. page. You do not have a Wikipedia page. You run a few Wikipedia pages, or do you have a Wikipedia page? I don't. But maybe will someone out there in the chat please make Kyler Clark a Wikipedia page stat? (laughs) Make me look really cool. (laughs) But yeah, pictures of like Brad Pitt uh, instead of me. Well, I do that on everybody's birthday in the band. You know that as well. (laughs) But basically, you're going to have to refresh me on a few of these questions because obviously we have experienced a lot together over the years. Um, I play in the Alice Cooper band. You work within the Alice Cooper organization. You've worked your way. I don't know if it's up or down, however you want to sort of, uh, sort of describe it, but you've worked your way all through the ins and outs of the Alice Cooper organization. How did we meet? We, uh, first, the first time I met you, Ryan was at the cat club in LA on sunset Boulevard, right next to the whiskey, a go, go. You were playing with the star fuckers and I was working the back door as a door guy. So you were the door guy at the uh, Slim Jim's famous cat club. Are you sure? Was it was it the star effers or was it the other white meat? I'm not sure. I was definitely the star fuckers. Okay, was Eric Dover singing? Eric Dover was singing. Well, then I know and, it sounded good because if Eric Dover's singing it, everything oh, yeah. sounds angelic. Right. It's fine. Oh man, it, it was it was amazing. So every Thursday night. Um, I, I had moved to LA in like 2002. So, um, and from where? around 2000, I moved there from Boston and went to school in college in Boston. Okay. Um, and then I moved young to pup, LA. a young, a young little college pup. Uh, I think young we have a picture. Pup. Do we have that college picture Vic of, uh, Kyler in college? Oh, yeah. his graduation shot. You didn't get that one. Okay. No. <laughs> Trust me, there's going to be so many photos that get put up today. So I don't. I just given Vic a little razz today because you are. He's frantically looking. <laughs> no, he's got a ton of them. But yeah. thankfully, you sent him. You gave him about 15 minutes to upload them all, which was very nice of you, dude. I okay. So today we're doing homeschool. Um, my son Archer is uh, is with me today. There, there you go. Confession. There you go. That's the uh, um, that's the canceled podcast or the classic. That's podcast. actually the tombstone of the uh, <laughs> the podcast. So Archer, my son Archer is doing. We're doing homeschool today. Uh, he was supposed to be group learning, and uh, I was supposed to have all morning to kind of get all this vibe going here. Uh, that got nixed. Group learning got nixed. So he's in the house right now alone with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Holy crap. <laughs> if he wants to come on the show, bring him on, man. No, no, he's, uh, I can't even get it. I can't get in touch with him. Oh, I no. should have brought my, we have a little walkie talkie radio. All right. But, um, if you have no, to run he's, out. He's, no, no, no. He's fine. Okay. He's doing a, um, he's doing a, uh, a zoom call. 
for almost this whole time anyway. So all right, fine. You let us but, know um, if you have to run out and do daddy daycare. We understand I'll about just, daddy daycare. I've got the window behind the camera here on the house. And if it, I start to see smoke, you might see me disappear for a few minutes. Why do you have a, uh, just go back to full screen if you can, Vic, for one second. I'm just have a quick, quick question. Why, and for those of you, again, that are listening on Apple or Spotify, you got to get onto the uh, YouTube live, get in the chat because you got to see this wonderful mug, but you also have to see that Kyler has some sort of fascination with Todd Kearns because he has sort of a replica of Todd Kearns right to his left, to our right. Is that true? There it is. Who is that? No. Where'd you get that? It is. Okay, so um, I, uh, my girlfriend Kimberly, uh, she works at a tattoo shop, Black Thirteen. Um, one of the artists over there um, created this. He makes masks, basically. So he made a and mask so of Todd Kearns. He made a mask of Todd <laughs> Kearns. Really, it's Frankenstein. And uh, so this is an edited version of his Frankenstein thing, and he made this, and it's on this big stand. There's a lamp. It, it, it's not plugged in right now because I needed the outlet, but um, it's this amazing piece. And you know, all these all these little bits come off. You know, oh. but it's not the Frank and Alice. It's just Frankenstein. Um, it's a bit of a twist. Alice as Frankenstein. And he gave it to Alice when they were when we played in Nashville. But it's very uh, I can large, tell so you I can tell you house. one thing right off the bat. Those are not uh, scaled Alice Cooper hands because Alice Cooper, the, no. the gloves would not fit in the in the true OJ Lucky. sense. The glove would not fit. Oh, do you have an actual Alice Cooper glove <laughs> or is that actually Alice Cooper's hand? Folks, this is I chopped it off at the last kick. <laughs> it got this. So well, you could at least <laughs> compare the two hands. This is Alice Cooper's scaled hand and then the Todd Kern's hand, apparently. Okay, if I do this, it's kind of okay. Okay. All right. Stop. This up. is like normal hand, Trump hand. How did we <laughs> how did we get into just hand modeling conversations? It, it, this is supposed to be let's get back to get forward to how we met. And we met mm-hmm. as you being a doorman. Uh would, would you say yes. a security guard? What what's a good way of saying door guy? I, I, I was a I mean, I don't think I wouldn't consider myself security. I did have to throw somebody out a, a few times. In fact, I think we had to throw CC Deville out of the, <laughs> out of the building because he he climbed on stage and then fell on top of Calico, and like threw a big hey he like threw a fit and we had to throw him out. During I those days, they, I can't imagine who was falling on who. If Calico was falling on or CC was falling, or were they just kind of both holding propping each other well, up? <laughs> Calico was on in the in the audience watching. And and at that at that point, um, CC got up on stage, but like clump, clumsily fell off of this the drum kit and then back off of the stage and landed on her. And Slim Jim was like, "Get him out of here!" <laughs> or "Get him out of here!" And then CC was like, "Put a diaper on him." <laughs> wow! So everybody spoke in falsetto at the Cat Club or <laughs> running on helium balloons. So you actually had to escort CC Deville out. Thank you, Liz. I did see that. Uh, Kyler, you got a $2 tip there from Liz. Oh, Thank you very nice. much, baby. You. We work for tips, nice. apparently. That's I love nice. it. Nice, great. We work for tips. Did, you, did, you, work, did you, you ever get tips at the uh, cat club? Did anyone like say, hey, man, here's a 20, uh, let me in the club? Uh, I did get a few. Um, people sometimes would think that it was an exclusive club and somehow they couldn't get in or whatever. And so people would try to slip me money to let them in. And I'd be like, 
Okay, I'll let you in this it, one time. It, it and, was exclusive. But, I mean, it was there was no line. It was no <laughs> like anybody can walk in there. People are like trying to haggle their way in. Meanwhile, nobody's are just walking right past. As long as you in. said your name was Pumpkin Pie or Ron Jeremy, you could get right yes. in. And oh, these Ron days, Jeremy. you could not say your name is Ron Jeremy anywhere. Apparently, <laughs> did that dude? He would fall asleep in the club. Like he would sit at one of the little booths yeah. and would fall asleep mid set because he, I don't know why he was so tired, maybe too much sex or narcolepsy or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Who knows? Know. But yeah, so we met there. You were, you were playing in that band and then, um, that's kind of how we, uh, how we ran into each other. I think the first time. That's how we first met. But then first time, but before that, when you were going to college, you were you playing in bands in Los Angeles or had you started at that same time about playing in bands or did you come yeah. from a music college? What Because uh, bass guitar is your main instrument, right? Bass guitar is my instrument. I, I started playing bass in Georgia. Um, I grew up in Georgia. Started right. playing bass there in, you know, crummy little bands. Um, and uh, went to college at Berkeley College of Music for... You know what crummy uh, little bands do? They, they grow up to be really sh old shitty really bands. <laughs> old shitty bands. And none of those bands turned into anything. Um, but uh, I, the band I was in in high school was called Flat Earth Society. We were not Flat Earthers. We just were called that. But um, we had like a weird like psychedelic thing. And I was like really into the technical aspect of playing bass. And uh, I could like, you know, I could I was like Glenn Sobel, but on the bass. And you uh, still are. You still are. If anyone wants to know very, how to play fun. Schools Out, uh, the <laughs> proper way that's played on the record. And I got a bass right here. Let me just get it. <laughs> I think you, you never showed Dennis Dunaway, but but I'm saying it's it's on par with Dennis's, the way he plays and stuff. Because I, he, I learned that I, the way I learned that song was through what Dennis was doing. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're in a band. You're as a door guy. Then I get... I believe this is the story, the way the story goes. My okay. recollection does. I got an email from you, mm -hmm. right? Saying, yeah. dude, uh, Vic, do you have a copy of that email? Vic's going to put up a copy of the email that I wrote because I sent it to him earlier. Did I not send it? No. Okay. I thought I had, but this was AOL. This is my AOL address. <laughs> He's just doing shameless self-promotion instead. But uh, Kyler, you gave me an email. You sent me an email. I think it was on a modem at that point it was it yeah. de definitely wasn't sent via wi-fi um yeah what happened Ooh. dude what, what, what happened hap what happened with that email uh and do you remember what it said i believe it if if it was around i was doing this guitar repair service okay so here's 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 how it all went down so Sit i was back, in a folks. band called callahan yeah <laughs> uh, i was in a band called callahan in la and we were playing at the same bars whiskey whatever um, and, uh, we had a great sound, um, but I didn't, I was doing this guitar repair stuff on the side as like a way to make money. Um, and that's a whole other story, but, um, uh, we all do stuff some, to make money. Trust me. I'm, you know, I'm doing it right now. We might be doing it later on today. Right, Vic? <laughs> I, so basically I think I had heard that somehow that uh, Alice was needing a tech, at some point, and then maybe I think Carrie Kelly was in the band at that point. Um, and I knew your relationship. I think that I call, I, I don't remember the email specifically, but I feel like I asked you 
if you could put in a good word or something like that. I think that you said I'll put in a good word and I'll work for whatever you pay me. I'll give you, I just want the experience. That's yes, what I thought was, was really, you were just like throw. you were going, I'm all in dude. Yeah, I'm, I just wanted to get in there. So you went, you dove into the Alice Cooper organization that way. You didn't end right. up becoming my personal guitar tech. I don't, no. No, but you started off as Carrie's or did you start off with Jason? I started off with Jason. So originally there was a, it was an opening and that, that did, I didn't, I didn't get that particular gig. Um, but I, then I slowly started working with, um, uh, Schecter guitar research and I was one of their texts, their in-house texts over there. Okay. Um, and that one day Chuck Wright came in to have his base worked on. And Please so like, don't the tell artist, me you're going to have Chuck Wright to thank for your career. I want my email to be, to, to no, supersede no. that. No, no. Your you your good word is what got me the gig. Okay. But Chuck is actually what told who told me um to go. that Jason Cook had gotten the guitar gig and that he needed a tech and he, they were gonna let him bring somebody. And he said, Do you want to meet Jason? He's my roommate. Because I he had come in and I had worked on one of his instruments and we were talking about Alice Cooper and I was like, Oh, cool, man. You know, I know all those guys from the cat club and stuff and um, you know, I've always wanted to work with Alice, but it was never like the timing never really worked um, tech wise. And, he, and that was the end of the conversation. Well, like six days later, he calls me and he says, hey, my roommate, Jason Hook, just got the Alice Cooper gig. Do you want to meet him? He's going to be able to bring a guy. And I said, sure. And I met, I met Jason and he was a sweetheart. And, and, and so um, Jason, I told Jason that I'd reached out to you and that I knew Calico and all that stuff and all those little all those little tentacles foundation yeah. tentacles what you testicles. do yeah uh all of those things had created this this like this safety of oh, okay we know who this we know this okay he's he doesn't have a background in touring but we know him and mm -hmm. caesar basically was like um and, and caesar Brian's is here. our is our tour managers Sorry, to this yeah. day I'm, I'm just going to give the folks a little bit of uh history on it jason hook you all know as the guitarist currently uh the guitarist for, for uh, five finger death punch and uh yes. obviously he's had an amazing career with that band and what's going on now it's up as anybody's guess it's 2020 so crazy stuff is going on everywhere but no. that, you you started teching for jason and then yep. at one point did you move over to another side of the stage to another guitarist as well Yes. So I started out with Jason Hook um, and then uh, we were on the side with Carrie Kelly originally. That was stage left. And then uh, there was some kind of dynamic in the band. They wanted uh, there was more energy on one side than the other. So they wanted to move Jason to the right side of the stage with Chuck. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you're so politically correct. There was some sort of energy within the band, some sort of dynamic energy. <laughs> no one was bitching. No one was sort of, yeah, no, there was no happy. egos involved. There was no sensitive oh, egos for another no, podcast. So there, was some kind of, there was some kind of stuff going on. Not for me to know. I'm a, I would, I'm a lowly tech at this point. I don't know anything. So they just go, you're going to go on stage, right? On this tour. So we right. did a couple tours and then they moved me over there. So then, uh, I'm on stage, right? And then I adopted, chuck as my tech or as my guy as his yep. tech um and then so i was with jason and chuck on the right side of the stage stage right wow. that's a collective like 150 pounds total that you're actually teching right there at that point because chuck's chuck's weighing in at about 85 pounds and uh 85 pounds wet and 
<laughs> and and Hook was, you know, he was a skinny little model back then as well. So there you go. Skinny little model, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Um, that that was definitely a. Uh, at that point, I was not working for whatever I would get, <laughs> whatever I could get. I learned a little bit in between. You backtracked on, yeah, you, you backtracked on no, the no, email. No, you you oh, definitely no, walked the b- email back. You got some. You're getting cash. Yes, cash. In Monet. between there. Yeah, in between there, I had a bunch of gigs. I was doing this mobile guitar repair thing, and I was working in studios and doing guitar repairs there. I worked for Schechter Guitars, and then um, I did a Smashing Pumpkins record and um, lots of little little things, regional stuff, but I never actually went on tour. Okay. And that's when Caesar was like, we'll give you the gig, and I'll teach you how to be on tour. Wow. Um, and okay. It was like, I mean, for them to give somebody with no experience on the road that, that kind of opportunity – but I was really good at teching and I was excellent at that sort of thing. So they had confidence in that side, but it was a real risk for them to bring somebody on a green, as green as I was into the, into the touring. Probably world, the most accomplished, cool. probably the most accomplished bassist that's ever been in a crew band. Right. Cause Bingo. it's always the yeah. guy that, you know, that doesn't play guitar as well as the other guys in the crew that ends up having to play in the crew band bass. But you right. actually bass is your thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I could play the shit out of the uh, the ACDC <laughs> stuff that we were playing in the crew band. Crew band, folks. That's what you do in soundcheck. Soundcheck is always for crew band to get together. And, and it, usually it's a Ronnie James Dio, uh, Rainbow in the Dark Jam, uh, perhaps yep. maybe some. It's definitely an ACDC peddling bass yeah, song. Yeah, 100%. And <laughs> that was it. <laughs> like, okay. So then what happens? So then, so then how did you, that, that, uh, switch come from tech to assistant? Because that um, was, uh, so basically when I, so I started out with Alice as a guitar tech, I think around 2007 ish, six, mm-hmm. 2006, late 2006. Um, and I did that for a few years um, and in 2009, I left the Alice gig as a tech and then I went to go do this kiss gig. My friend, um, Jim service was, uh, Tommy Thayer's tech. Uh-huh. And yeah, so he was also Joe Perry's tech in Aerosmith. So Aerosmith and kiss one tour at the same You're time. Dropping names, baby. You're dropping a lot of names right there. That's a lot of pedigree. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> don't give me any credit yet. So, uh, so I went and, um, I went and did the gig. Uh, he, he goes, do you want to do the Kiss gig with Tommy Thayer? And so I said, absolutely, 100%. Yes, I would love to do that. So I left the Alice gig to go do this because at that point, it wasn't really like a lot. There's some there's a lot of stability with Alice, as you know. He tours it's every consistent. year. But I wanted to That's have, the beauty about yeah, it. Yeah. I, I was looking to branch out and do lots of things as a tech. Um, so I went and do the, did to do this thing. I left my Alice gig, so that's gone. Now Chris Leahy is another tech. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, yep. Yes. Chris was there. Uh, I think he was coming back to that gig or something to Alice. So anyway, he takes my place and um, I'm off doing the Kiss thing. Now, what exactly were you doing for Kiss? What was, is it? Un, I was undisclosed? for Tommy Thayer. Okay. Because you I know was what? Known as Ocho. A lot of, lot of hazing in that. <laughs> there is a lot of hazing, huh? Okay. A lot of hazing. Here's the thing. I did not know about the kiss kick that you had, but our longtime listener, uh, full on in the trenches and RGA supporter, Chris Vickery, that was one of the questions that he had asked earlier oh, yeah. for me to ask you, what was it like working for kiss? So tell us about the hazing. <laughs> well, I mean that, that, 
the the crew um is is really tight um uh fran uh i think fran stuper is uh um paul stanley's tech okay um they, they just have a really tight crew paul bassett is um and he's actually how paul and eric were how i got the the, another reason why I got the kiss kick is Paul Bassett is another band. famous uh, drum tech that's worked in the Alice Cooper organization as well. And he's actually worked, folks, for those of you keeping score at home, don't touch grandpa. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, he's uh, I, get, I get into the kiss world and uh, um, I, I did not last very long because um, Aerosmith's tour got canceled because I believe with Steven Tyler fall off stage. Yeah. Something happened. Dynamics, and, and, and energy dynamics whatever. within the band. <laughs> Just do so your yeah, politically correct So thing. that fizzled. <laughs> and then um, Jim Service was like, well, um, uh, he's going to get his gig back. And I don't think Tommy Thayer was very happy with me anyway, because I, I don't really know why. But um, yeah. I, we didn't, it was, it was an uncomfortable, I'll say it was uncomfortable. I, I really liked everybody there, but I did not feel comfortable. It was not a family environment like, we have with Alice. So like for me going from that environment and being allowed to sort of develop as a, as a tech person going into the kiss world where it was like throwing fuel on the fire. Yeah. Uh, I was not, I was not prepared for that tour dynamic. Do you, do you think I didn't it, like it? Did it have anything to do with the fact that every time you'd hand Tommy, you could tell you, here you go, Ace. Did it have anything to do with that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into to stuff. That could have been a little yeah. bit of energy dynamic shift. <laughs> hey, it could have so caused it. Ace, um, I did hear some great stories about that, but um, about you know that whole dynamic. But um, you've you've I, heard I great stories probably everywhere. That's the whole point. I mean, yeah, you have. You've been that guy sitting in the room with the camera. Uh, yeah, sh- being allowed to shoot away when nobody else could. So, right. what I want to know is, okay, you're you're getting to this point point oh, where yes. you're, you're becoming so, Alice Cooper's assistant. assistant. Yes, right. So here here's what happens. So uh, I'm doing the kiss kick that fizzles, crash and burn. Um, I get a call from Caesar again, or Toby, or Toby's our another guy in our orbit. Um, in the Alice camp, Toby somebody Nimitz. calls me from sending Alice good thoughts says, out to Toby, by the way, to the world right now. There you go. Toby, if you're listening, yes. uh, stay healthy you. and uh, get better real quick. So there you go. I love you. I love and, you. Um, so something happens. And uh, uh, Chris Leahy, the guy who took my place, was off doing another tour and they needed a fill in tech. So I come in to do it. It was like two and a half weeks of tour. Um, so I'm in there doing that. And then uh, at, the, at that point, um, I should also mention that during my time while I was away with Kiss, you guys, uh, Alice had gone on tour and was in Russia, and Brian Nelson, Alice's longtime assistant, passed away yeah. very suddenly. We, we actually um, have had a lot of discussions about uh, Brian Nelson of late. He was very instrumental in Sick Things UK. And for those oh, of yeah. you that were listening to the podcast last week when we had uh, Kai Ross and Cy Haley and Bill Crow, uh, you will re- recognize the name Brian Nelson, uh, yes. one of the great assistants of Alice Cooper, and one of the great sort of... Uh, historians of Alice Cooper oh my knowledge. God. So he had just yeah. so he, he was such a such a collector. But really important in Alice's story, Brian Nelson is very important. But um anyway, so uh Brian had passed away right. and so they were having like a few like temporary people they were trying to fill that void that was left it was really sudden it's so, hard to do. I mean um, it, you, you really have to have a bond with the with the artist that you're working with, right? 
Yeah, and and Alice is the kind of person who doesn't really like change very very much. He does, you know, he likes things to just probably likes consistency. He's a very habit, you know. Well, we person. even think about it. I, I've been playing on and off with them since '96, and and yeah. our schedule every single year up until 2020 has been yeah. exactly the same. Even cool. the years that I took off from Alice folks and I didn't tour, or whether I moved to Sweden or whether my son was born or you know whatever happened. Uh, yeah. Alice continually has toured every single Non-stop. year since since 96 when I joined up with him first. So so Six his routine and his daily routine folks is just as regular. I mean, yeah. I mean you could be you could be probably the real source when I ask you this. Is Alice Cooper regular? Um no comment. I'm not gonna comment. A gotcha question. Problem. There's my so, gotcha. Uh, that was ooh. supposed to be my blabbermouth quote, my you know, brave words uh, soundbite. So so what happens? So so basically, um I come in as a tech, they go, Hey, the, the we, we we'd like to have some more consistency with Alice's assistant position. Um, do you how do you feel about when when the tech thing is done when Chris Leahy comes back to being in the into the tech? Uh, position do you want to just shift over and start being alice's assistant temporarily until we find somebody long term um because they know alice knows me and i know the show and i'm kind of comfortable in the environment i know all the players it was super easy and i needed the money because at that point i had just found out that we were going to have a baby um and so i was like 100 yes i will do it. whatever <laughs> you want yes um so i just shifted over and it was like a it was seamless, seamless. i i one one I racked a guitar onto the thing. Chris Leahy came back. The next next day, I was opening up a wardrobe case. Folks, that's one was- of those. That's one of those <laughs> uh, situations, folks, where we, I, you know, I I quote and reference Spinal Tap a lot on this show. But that's one of those things where there's someone already in the organization that can cover that. That it actually yep. worked. So you were the yep. Janine of being the Alice Cooper assistant. There was someone I'd that uh, you offered to co-assistant and then boom, you were there. Yeah. So co-assistant. Yeah. Somebody, somebody basically it, that's how it worked out. And, uh, it was supposed to be temporary. And then uh, at the end of that year, um, I was basically pulled aside into the production office and they were like, we really like this dynamic. This is working out really well. Alice loves you. And, um, we, th- we think we might keep you on. We'll let you know at the, uh, over the break. So, um, then that, that winter, like right around Christmas time, I get, I get a call and it was like, okay, we want, we want you to be Alice's assistant, but we want you to move to Phoenix. Wow. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> basically we want you to move to the sun because he, he wanted yeah. an assistant the entire time. At the, t- at that point in, in time, Brian had left such a big hole in uh in organizing organizing their life um is that cheryl alice's wife cheryl had had sort of taken on the role of almost secretary almost because alice doesn't carry a phone so if you needed to get in touch with alice you had to get in touch with cheryl yeah and it was i think it was really creating like a, it which that's not it's not cool for her to have to to deal with that so um i think the idea was me to move to phoenix and create a new line new you know connection so that's the thing. If you me. if you ever get in, you need to get in touch with Alice, you never can call him on a phone. You can go to the nearest mall wherever the hotel is at, or you can go to the nearest yeah. golf course, and you'll definitely find him. But you'll you can never ever call him. He's easy. He's the easiest person in the mall to find. I know exactly. He he walks in that door, and he does the same route 
through <laughs> and he dresses like that usually folks yes just look looks just like this. look look for that face at your local mall next time we're in town <laughs> No, it's true. I I've seen him do. I call it the Inspector Clouseau look. He he's got a oh, good. Yes. He's got some good. Uh, you know, sort of. What does he got? Costumes, and he's got. He he manages yeah, to. He manages to blend in. He moves so quickly that if you he's out of context too. So he's not in makeup, and you know, on stage, Alice looks like, like Alice. Like it's sort of like Kiss. Like if you see one of those guys on the side of the road, you might go, huh. Yeah, maybe, 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 but they're out of context. Uh, maybe not. But uh, you know, with his hair up and he, him moving fast, people will go. I, th- I thought it was. I thought I saw. I think I saw. I thought I saw. But you know what, why, folks? Why, why be here? If you just camp out at a hot topic, you'll eventually see him at one point on tour. <laughs> yeah, find the biggest mall H and M in hey, any just camp city. out by Zara or H and M, and you'll be there. You'll, you'll, you'll. We have now. We've now ruined shopping for Alice. We've now no, ruined we them all. He, we've just given he'll, everybody he'll the keys. By. He'll, he'll, he'll slip by and you know it. He always slips by. That's what he does. He's great. Yeah. He's the great Houdini of rock and roll. So when does, because, you know, part of your credit history is not just mm. personal assistant. It's actually on tour photographer. When does yes. the camera come out and when does the Alice Cooper camp say, hey, this guy can... Uh, do more than just serve a Diet Coke. He can take a hell of a picture. What happened? Right. So basically, um, I always brought a camera, but I never had a great camera on tour. But I, in high school, I was doing some photography, film stuff, but not really, um, uh, not very well. But uh, when as soon as I went on tour, that's when I really wanted to document all these little things. But I had a garbagey kind of camera and a phone camera. Um, when I became his assistant, we had a few moments where we were out um, and he was with other people like Marilyn Manson or whatever. Um, and it became really clear to me that I need to get a really good camera because I wanted to see like this picture moments like this. Yeah. This is one of those intimate moments. You can see Orianthi in the back bougie yeah. on the right. Uh, there's another photographer on the left. I don't know who he is. And then there's I mean, he was with Manson and I can't think of his name. I, I know him, but he can't think of his name. And obviously head, but... Marilyn Manson on the left and Alice Cooper yeah. on the right. And they look like uh, somebody either just farted or told a funny joke. Who, who knows? But <laughs> this, this, see this picture right here, it is if you zo- if you get zoom in, Alice's hand is blurred because the camera that I had was very low, was not a great quality camera. I couldn't didn't have a lot of adjustments and stuff that I could make to kind of work for the moment. Right. Um, and uh, and so it was like, okay, I, I got to get a good camera. I need to. But that's that. Um, mo- but see, that's that energy. And folks, the energy just- is still there. Again, but, for those of you that are yeah. listening on the podcast, I want you to go onto YouTube and I want you to watch it because there's a lot of photos that we're actually showing today uh, from Kyler's private collection that have never been seen because for reasons exactly like Kyler just explained, he's you know saying that my hand, the hand was out of focus. But to me, that's what is the vibe of rock and roll. It's not perfect. It's a little rough around the edges. So that picture of Manson and um, Alice is, is has a lot of energy too. It has a lot of cool yeah. energy to it. So you start that's filming. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, that. Uh, so it was around then around 2010 when I became his assistant that I got a real good camera. Um, and as I was taking pictures, I was sending them off to Shep, um, Alice's manager or Shep whoever. Gordon. Yep. Jeff Gordon. Super Gordon. Oh, we, nobody... we mentioned the SH word. Oh, my God. We said we weren't going to do it. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Hello, um, Chef. Now, How you so, doing? I know you're watching. <laughs> he's uh, so basically uh, at some point, like I, I, there was nobody running the Facebook page. There was nobody running. There was no Instagram or anything like that, or the MySpace. I don't think they, I don't think MySpace was a thing at that point. But um, there wasn't anybody doing any of that. And so I think somehow it was just sort of like handed to me, like, hey, you you can do some of this stuff. And so um, I was there taking pictures. So I just started posting pictures yeah. of stuff that was going on. Um, and, uh, but that of, led I mean, to some those, big things because that actually led to a few album covers, didn't it? I mean, it, it did. Well, it slowly, it like slowly, but surely built. And I, and, and as I was taking more pictures became much better at it. Um, and it got to a point where I was now, instead of just taking a handful of pictures, I was taking pictures during the whole show backstage and stuff, meet and greet photos. So there's thousand, there, there are a thousand, at least photos from like 2011 until now um from every show at least a thousand photos that you haven't even downloaded <laughs> i mean they're no they're all they're all archived on a hard drive but i mean i just kind of glanced through them so that's why looking for photos to show that nobody had seen before some of these photos i haven't even looked at in forever i'd put them in the hard drive and then i might pick a few post those or whatever right. um and but there's stuff in there i mean I, i'm it's like going through the. It's it's like going into a library. There's two million photos that I have of Alice since I've started as his assistant. I I think I can say that I definitely have taken more pictures of him than anybody else. There's such great um, shots. Um, this I want you to show some proof that you have. I think you might have a little prop, or you might have some actual visual, oh yeah. tangible proof that you your Alice Cooper photos uh, have actually oh paid yeah. some dividends because they've made um, it onto a few products. Go ahead, show it. So. So this is uh, the par live um, paranormal uh, evening with Alice Cooper was recorded in um, uh, Paris yep. at the Olympia, Olympia Theater. Yep. yep. And, and uh, you took I that was, shot when? Uh, this was in probably in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> you know, there, honestly, the uh, what's funny is that there's a this is the vinyl version, which is my one of my favorite photos that I've ever taken. Wow, about. that's a really great shot, Kyler. There yeah. you go. There's some Kyler work. Everyone, take your screenshots um, right now. Uh, um, and, and what's funny is that these could you get Todd Kearns out of the way? Can off, you get Todd Kearns' face out of the way? <laughs> these guys, so these gloves here are these are the these are the gloves that are in this picture. Uh, uh -huh, so look at that. I, 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 I like to collect little. Um, uh, physical mementos from the photos that I have. I also have the the makeup brush right. that he's using in this particular photo. I have in a drawer. It's just this is not just know, one big cool. eBay commercial for you, is it? It's a, is it is this actually an eBay commercial for you? <laughs> yes. No, I don't I actually don't sell really anything. But um, so oh, this photo here on the inside is not from Paris. It's from. I think it is Ohio. <laughs> not I, I. What a great! But I I love that. But Shot. look at. I know there's probably some people in this photo that are actually watching this. Yeah. Anyway, I think um, I see Chris Vickery and Mike Usnick in that shot of right there. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm gonna look. I might. You might. Anyway, um, so here's another here's another cool photo that I have the uh, the hat. This this was on. I'm actually on stage, about to be killed with a mic stand. Oh wow! Um, so I'm using a real camera, um, and I have there's hundreds of these photos, but this is the hat. I have the emblem is just also in a drawer. It just keeps falling off. I have to was that uh, the song "Wicked Young Man" that we played? Wicked Young Man, yeah. yeah. So, so he's got a mic stand right in my belly, and he's about to impale and me. You I'm took that shot. It looks like I'm an outdoor gig. It looks like it could be Vakken Festival or it, some sort of outdoor be, festival. It was definitely a European festival. And I just pulled this pulled this out of. So I have behind Frankenstein here. There's this 
um, uh, they're, they're map drawers basically, and so they're really long, flat files. I've got posters and and. If anybody really wants to see that that drawer, it's on the, my uh, Kyler's latest Instagram story that you did for me. <laughs> it's a very nice shot of it, by the way. Hey, you're not the only one with props, Kyler, and you're you know yes. what? Alice Cooper's not the only one that has uh, received the dividends of your craft because you, my friend shot the back oh, right. of this album cover which is yeah. here's the front cover uh this was shot that's shot a, by frederick etowal but the back yep. cover is all kyler clark imagine oh, your reality yeah. folks like i loved that. this shot the first time i saw it and i, I believe i said kyler can i use this for because this to me is the ultimate back cover sort of album shot so there you go you know I love yeah it. man and yeah, I, and, and just just so my producer doesn't start uh, putting up some very wacky hey, stuff, hey, hey, this hey. is a Vic Chalfont shot. So there you go, Vic. All right, are you happy Vic, now? Man. There you go. To steal <laughs> Kyler's thunder like that, how could you? <laughs> how there, dare you? One more shot of Kyler's uh, shot right there on the back of Imagine Reality. So there you go. Um, yes, yes, yes. Oh, folks. Like I said, this is not one big eBay commercial for Kyler and his wares because he no, does not sell any of this stuff. But, folks, I'm telling you, this is unprecedented. We're going to take a small, small break, and we're going to run a commercial of our own right now. I'm telling you because I was talking oh. about it earlier, a few weeks earlier, and uh, it's all about in the trenches, this sort of taking it to the next level. So enjoy this really quick commercial. We'll be right back. We're with our guest, Mr. Kyler Clark, uh, personal assistant, personal photographer, bassist, father, beard grower, so much more. Um, Plus, we have a whole second half of the podcast right now coming up where the people take over. But that's what this is all about because we are starting a new sort of show, special episodes called the uh, Secret Sauce episodes. And here is Tess, the voice and the commercial to tell you all about it. Vic, are you ready? Go hit it. Hello, Tess here, the intro voice of In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. And we really hope you're enjoying the podcast. In each of our almost 50 episodes so far, we have brought you many full-length insider interviews with today's hardest-working rock musicians and entertainers. Now, we are ready to take In The Trenches to the next level, and we want you involved. We are planning a number of once-in-a-lifetime episode specials, interviewing some of the major names in rock and roll, and we want you to be in the show. Here is how it works. In each special episode, we have a maximum of three on-stage passes available. You'll be invited into our virtual studio and be able to ask our special guest your own question face-to-face. Your on-screen experience with the guest will be immortalized and broadcast for the world to see. Take a look at the names of our next special guests and recording times and get your VIP on-stage pass now. But there's even more good news. We are also inviting exactly four lucky souls to a private after-show fireside chat with Ryan and our special guest of the week. By securing your backstage pass now, you will hang out for 20 minutes after the show and make lifelong memories. So, Ryan Roxy, who are the special guests for the upcoming In The Trenches specials? That's our commercial, folks. There you go. 
<laughs> special thanks to Mr. I... Vic Chalfant for putting that together. And uh, special thanks to the whole team where we are kicking it up a notch with the special sauce episodes. If you'd like to check out some of them, just go on uh, to ryanroxy.com slash special sauce or just go on to ryanroxy.com and there is a big old button right there where you just sit, hit special sauce. And uh, basically... You will be hit with our first two special sauce episode guests, one being Joe Satriani. That is Friday, cool. October 2nd, Joe Satriani. And then the great songwriter Desmond Child on October 9th. So all the times, all the dates, all that uh, information to get on stage, to get backstage is right there. Because folks, that is our commercial. Thank you very nice. much, Vic, for doing that. Now, uh, let's nice. start Kyler Clark here comes our segment that I'm really looking forward to this week because it's going to give you a little taste of what the special sauce episodes are like. Um, this is called Let the People Speak. Vic, hit it. So there you go. What is Let the People Speak? Well, it's where we have, Vic has been compiling all the questions that have been coming in throughout the podcast. We've been collecting them all week when I put out that uh, Facebook or in Instagram posts. And we now have questions from the folks that uh, want to check out uh, more about Kyler Clark. These are questions from actual fans. So our first one up there. Um, well, we kind of covered it, but at Jen underscore that's me, uh, what was your work before Alice? And you said already what? Yes, I was door a um, I was a door guy yep. at, at the Cat Club, and then I worked as a guitar technician locally in L.A. Uh, I was doing guitar repairs and worked for Schechter Guitar Research as one of their in-house techs. And also, you're just a mover, a mover and a shaker, basically. That's what it is. Yeah. I had my own little business thing going on there, and uh, I tried. Oh, I also worked at a studio called uh, uh, Cascade Studios, which was one of the Sound Arena studios in L.A. If you're a musician in L.A., you know all about Sound Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever work, though, like at a 7-Eleven, at a pizza parlor, any sort of type jobs like that? I worked when at a I pizza first, parlor. When I was a kid, I, I worked at Kroger. Uh, grocery store and I was stocking shelves. Um, my first job ever, I think, was uh, I was a busboy at a terrible JR's barbecue. In, <laughs> in, <laughs> and I mean, like, I had to fill up a bucket. I'm not kidding, a five gallon bucket of just cracked eggs. Because that was they were. What for, was this? Was brunch. that the special sauce? Was it? Was that the it special was definitely sauce? Definitely very special. <laughs> it wasn't just ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> terrible. Um, and I, I worked at a hardware store. And when I was li living in Boston, going to going to college, uh, I worked at a hardware store. Man, my my first job was at a carnival. So I was a carny when I first grew up. So I knew what I was getting myself yeah. into. Apparently. Oh, actually, uh, when I first moved to LA, my first job I lived in Van Nuys, and my first job was at the hardware store in the Pacific Palisades on Sunset. That was the only the first job I could get. I, I mean, I, within three days, I had landed something, right. and so I would drive from Van Nuys over the hill and go to this hardware store. I got great stores of uh, of working there. Ace Lots is the place with the helpful hardware man. Say, I don't yeah. God, so brainwashed. Okay, our next question <laughs> is at Jackie.Cowall2, being that it's all unfortunately canceled this year. What are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, what am I going to be for Halloween? Um, Todd Kearns, you know. I was going to be Todd Kearns. It's funny. Most Halloweens, I, I don't have a chance to actually dress up as Chuck. Look at that. 
These are all shots, folks, by the way, of from Kyler Clark. Again, if you're watching or uh, listening on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify, make your way on over to the old YouTube official channel uh, and uh, make sure you subscribe right there because these are all one-of-a-kind uh, Kyler Clark photos being shown. But uh, what yeah. is, are you going to be for Halloween? I have not decided or not landed on a um, on an outfit just yet. Although I I have worn this in the past, this thing, this tour. That is something you wear on stage. And we were trying to think about, we were trying to come up with a name for it. Uh, What is, is, it's part creature from the Black Lagoon. It's, it's part sort of, um, I'll tell you, it's, it's, so I'll tell you what it actually is. Yeah. Um, and this is the brilliance of Karen hazmat. Um, Karen makes a bunch of Alice's clothes and stuff, but, so this is a fencing mask with plumbing parts stitched to it and leather stitched all around it. This is a, a Home Depot painter's mask that's been painted black. A I could have bought that off you at the hardware store. You could have bought it off of me at the hardware store. Anyway, so it's like just riffraff. And I've edited this as, as we've gone along and, and it's broken and I've fixed it and stuff. But um, it's the executioner mask. I don't know what the hell it is. It was just sort of we were looking for... Um, I guess a weird uh, industrial uh, plague-looking thing for the uh, for that tour, which I I can't remember which tour it was that that came out on. You could have just um, used warranty. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, warranty. side hip shot to warranty, man. Sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Our next uh, yeah. let the people uh, question. Let the people talk. Question is I. Can, can we just hear that intro one more time, please, Vic? Because I love it so much. Sure. It is really good. I'm ready. <laughs> I spent literally ten, <laughs> 10 minutes getting that sample, folks. <laughs> Apple. I could have just done it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Hey, you remind have. me. I, I have a great picture of Desmond Child with Alice. Um, that I took writing poison. Magical. Okay, perfect. Right now, <laughs> yes. No, they were working on some Desmond Child song, but um, in the studio. So I, I'll send it to you guys. You can show it to Desmond for the. Uh, that is cool. The, on the, on those on those secret secret sauce episodes, we do have Desmond Child. Who, if those of you that are uh, listening in the chat and listening at home, uh, they he co-wrote Poison. One of Alice's Maybe. biggest tracks with, uh, you know, yeah. Desmond Child. And, of course, anything with a modulation, Desmond Child in the, if you, if you can say, 1980s modulation, it's Desmond Child all over it. Paul Stanley, uh, Bon Jovi, Alice Cooper, you know, the list goes them. on and on and on. I'm, and I'm going to grill him on that. And group of weirdos. Look at that. Is that another one of your shots? That's a that's a 2000, looks like a 2009, 2010 sort of lineup right there because I see Carrie yeah. Kelly. Carrie, yeah, um, Damon, Tiffany, I even... Tiffany, and oh, uh, <laughs> Jimmy DeGrasso. There he is, man. Yeah, that's Jimmy, Jimmy DeGrasso looking, putting the eyeliner on, just like semi-pro. That's good, man. Yeah, man. Semi-pro the movie, <laughs> folks. Semi-pro the yeah. movie. Um, moving on with our questions, at yes. S. Burkholder, that would be Officer Burkholder. We all love her. Burke. We know her. Any chance uh, the Confessions of Serial Kyler podcast makes a return? Hmm? Or is I, it a classic? I, I did mention uh, earlier that Ryan was going to be my next guest um, before I was canceled by the network. The network canceled me. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> we ran out of funding. Better than society canceling you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great point. You know, I just uh, it became too much. Uh, I I'm, I have ADD so bad that uh, trying to put it together and coming up with stuff to talk about, especially by not having guests like Ryan has guests and stuff. Most of my stuff was. Um, 
you know, just me talking. Uh, and I had one guest that was Tommy, and it was like, okay, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> so I don't think I'm going to resurrect Confessions of a Serial I Tyler. survived a Tommy Hendrickson. I actually asked him back. We want him back for part two. We want Tommy Hendrickson oh, back. Tommy, if you're watching, please Tommy. come on. Come on the air. In fact, you know what? Just call him. No more, no more banners. Let's bring someone on live. A little secret oh, yeah. sauce, uh, sort of pro prologue, if you will, sort of a prequel of what's going Ooh. to happen on these secret sauce episodes. But uh, right Wait, now, yeah. would you please welcome uh, to the screen, it's Franzi to ask you a question. Hello, Franzi. Hey. How you doing? Hey. How are you? Doing good. <laughs> it's all fine. How about you? Peachy. <laughs> I really love your shirt, by the way. Nice oh, job. <laughs> I was going, what am I going to wear? What am I? <laughs> was the bitch, bitch, bitch shirt the second choice or? It's up there. It's in my closet somewhere. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I, I just felt like this one, it, 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 it's, it's perfect for today. Perfect. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I was wondering because you mentioned on your podcast that if, yeah. if I'm correct, it's been a while since I listened to it. Oh, um, okay. A uh, major uh, that you got a major in music biz, and would you say, like in hindsight, that it was really like a necessity, or was it just sort of all opportunities that sort of came up and that you grabbed and that you were just lucky, or is it like a combination of both? I would say my career path is um, ninety nine percent being in the right place at the right time, and and uh, I okay, so real quick. Um, one, uh, I've gotten pieces of advice from lots of people over the years. I always like to try to get some piece of advice from people whenever I meet somebody that's important to me. Um, one time, um, oh, uh, Rudy Sarzo bass player was in at the cat club when I was working at the cat club and I asked him how he got gigs. Um, and he was like, just, just, just gotta be the guy, man. Just be the guy. And I was like, what does that even mean? He goes, just be the guy that everybody wants to have around and know how to do stuff. And then you'll get gigs. And I go, okay. <laughs> and that's why like, I started doing that. I was just like, well, I just have to be a likable person. I know how to do things. And that's really opened more doors to me for me than any, any, any stuff. Because everything that I learned music business-wise in college, this was like right around Napster and all those sorts of things. The music business was very tumultuous and nobody knew what was going on. There was no iTunes really. Um, nobody knew how to sell digital music. There was no Spotify. They were still, we were doing, we would do, in fact, I think Bob Ezrin was one of our um, uh, class um, lecturers who came in. But uh, they would ask us as students what we would want to do, how we would uh, purchase music. You know, they were, they were, they were brainstorming against us trying to figure out how we could, um, how we could, you know, how, how they could make a business out of air. And, uh, and so none of that stuff really, it was all guesswork. And that was, I guess the most important thing that I learned in school was to, to be flexible with what, you know, and be willing to learn new things. And, um, because it's, the business is always changing. Um, but yeah, mostly for me, my career has been in the right, being in the right place at the right time and taking a, a risk and, and, and being willing to ask for a job. Be the squeaky wheel. There you go. Be the squeaky that's wheel. The one that's going to get the oil. And have your own have your wheel. own mugs at all. That's my only advice, Franzi. Just get your Do own that. mugs. It's very Do easy. That. 
That was a good question, yeah. How about that plug? Well, Franzi, thank you very much for coming on and asking the question. And hopefully uh, Kyler answered it well for you. But uh, I, can, I can elaborate if you want. Here you go. Go ahead. You want to elaborate anymore? Oh, no, no. If you want, if you want uh, any more. We've got plenty of questions from plenty more people, but thank okay. you very much, Franzi, for coming yeah. on. All right? You're out. Have a good one. Oh, oh, wow. Vic just gave her the hook. Oh, my wow. God. That's the... You know what, Franzi? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. That's a proud one, too, because she didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. It was just like, you know... It was, uh, uh, there you go. Oh. So, bye, Ouch, That hurt. Oh, oh, <laughs> See you, Frosty. Everyone say goodbye. There you go. Double hook. All right? Double hook. Double hook for single price. Wow. We should I have love Jason that. Hook on and give him the hook. That's true. That's all right. All right. But we're moving on. We're moving double on go, go, go. with Let the People Speak. And I'm not going to ask for that Ooh. intro one more time, even though I re- every thing, every bone in my body wants to hear that uh, intro again. But at Chris Windry asks, how long does it grow? Well, actually, Kyler, that's obviously a question for me. And um, how long does it take to grow the beard? Well, um, I've been working on this one for about uh, two or three months, as you can tell. It looks (laughs) good. I cannot grow a beard. (laughs) If I shaved this off completely, I would have a beard. uh, Like It would grow back in, in that area within a week i'd have a, be- a beard I, might, I i have such thick hair but it stops growing about right here but it's down uh, you can't it's hard to tell in this lighting but it's about here i was gonna shave all this you're getting more my- rob zombie as by the by Dude, the hour i was gonna clean all this up i was gonna take a shower but with my kid being home uh for school today instead of being out hi nita uh <laughs> instead of being out uh, hey, it is, it is group learning experience. I did not get a chance to clean myself up. <clears throat> you do not get the uh, bachelors of natural uh, look today. <laughs> Kyler, you are. I, I think it's a legit question, though. I really do. Beard maintenance. If anyone wants it's to ask big. about dread name maintenance, dreadlock maintenance, you can ask me back in 2000 when I had them. It's a hassle. Is beard maintenance is. as much of a hassle? You have to shampoo your beard just like you would your hair uh it's i mean like you have to think of it everybody there's like all kinds of hey dennis Dennis. welcome to the no beard club me me dennis and nita strauss none of us have beards all right but kyler clark does i do (laughs) you have to maintain it just like you would your hair you need uh you, you have to shampoo it and oiling your beard will help uh keep it from drying out and keep you from getting flakes uh dandruff you but should have it, your it, own it, it, Kyler beard oil. Oh yeah, that be Brian Satia is really into the beard oil. One of our other texts for the uh, for the tour is is really into beard. He's got a beard going, and he's always gifting me beard stuff. And um, I'm, I'm very I'm sort of negligent on the beard. For those of you that want a uh, uh, Kyler Clark beard oil, please uh, send us money. <laughs> who <laughs> and we'll who research wants- it. <laughs> okay, let's do a charity thing. I'll shave this whole thing right now. Let's let's do a, let's do a um. Oh my! Like, like my my dreads for bread. Yeah, way back yeah, in the day, see? back in the cat club, I did the dread. I, I cut off all the dreads. I, I go, donated them for charity. Donated the money for charity. You could do the same with your beard at one point, man. Yeah, Kyler, look. you are bringing out the stars today on today's show because look, we have uh, Nita Strauss in the chat. We've got uh, Dennis Dunaway in the chat. Uh, Vic, who else you got over there? Because guess what? Let the people speak continues. Oh, we got Robbie Miller. Wow. Robbie Miller's busy working on your wiki page. Robbie Miller. That's what he I should be doing. It. What's going on, Robbie? 
Because chin to tip, <laughs> through four inches, huh? Three inches. Three Since this podcast began, when? Oh my God, <laughs> Mike Usnick. There it is. That's the uh, host of Pink Sock, folks. We're continuing, continuing to let the people speak. Uh, the next question is from at Kevin Cervalos official. Okay, Kevin Cervalos. Okay. All right, you're official. How did you get the gig? Well, we kind of went over that a little bit, right? I mean, yep. we went over it. So, so for those of you that are just tuning in now, um, look at Kevin's question and then just press rewind and watch the previous hour that we've been talking about how he did get that gig. So thank you for covering it before. Relationships, very important. People networking, you never relationships. Know. Networking. And Keep. answering emails. Because that email yes, and answering emails, <laughs> answering emails. But you have to you have to be in the mix. You can't get a gig unless you're in the mix. Be where you want to be all the time and then you'll be where you want to be at the right time. Wow, that sounds very uh, that does sound a little Nigel Tufnell or, some, or something like that. Oh, be wherever you are. All have a good time all the time. Yeah, that, that's not yeah. that's not uh, I think that's actually the drummer. I don't. Know. I, I think it was. <laughs> there's so many quotes from uh, from uh, fucking Spinal Tap. It, 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 it's, it's endless. But guess what? Our questions aren't endless, and they keep going. At Joanna El asks, of all the photos you took, Kyler, do you have a favorite? If so, which one? Do you have a favorite photo of all those all on that hard drive? Ah, uh, I mean, there, I have twenty hard drives worth of photos. But, um, I mean, there's so many different kinds of photos. Like, there's some that I really enjoy. The that's one a that great Brian shot Rocky, of you, Johnny Depp, man. That's a, that's yeah. a really nice shot of you, uh, of uh, Johnny Depp right there that you took. That's a, there's, there's lots of them. I mean, like, this, moment, this one here is not a great photograph, technically. It's actually really terrible, grainy, dark. But the moment is important because these, this is the original band rehearsing for the uh their induction to the rock and roll hall of fame so they're in new york there's bob ezrin on the right there you got dennis alice shep um mike bruce and and, and neil and so we're in the studio and i happen to have i didn't i had a i had an okay camera at this point but it was dark and but i captured this little just this little thing that's not really a photo that i would consider an art piece necessarily <laughs> i don't want to give you any suggestions there kyler but uh, do you think that maybe? this is excellent do you have uh, you a know, photo do you, do you have a favorite Wait I do. Ryan, the Ryan Roxy, the back cover of the Ryan Roxy album that Ryan is holding up here. Subliminal. Is my, is I'm not holding it up. Favorite. It's just levitating. Come on. Yeah. Actually, I think this this photo that I took here of Alice is probably one of my favorites. It is a great I think shot. it just captures his pre-show routine. And I, I have a photo of him doing this every, every show that we've done since, like, 2010. Yep. I have him putting on his makeup. I always take a picture. So there's thousands of these that that's I have. That's the same way that he lines up a putt, folks. That's the same yes, way he Cheryl lines up Alice. a putt. And there he is. Big, oh, that's a great shot of Alice and Cheryl. Alice putting on her lip liner. Well, you know. Yeah. Wow. Vic, there is a there is a picture in there of Alice, I think, in front of a mirror. Um, and it, uh, I can't think of what it what it looks like but it was the first one of the mirror picture i really love those well him, see this goes mirror. this goes to the next question that Vic can put up at dead danielle and uh i love your photos you made of alice but what for you is a good picture and that's from at danielle lenati can you put that banner up there from for at danielle Vic? but i love your photos you made of alice what is a good what do you think is a good picture um this is a great question for me um so uh, 
I what really got me interested in rock and roll and music in general was the photos. Backstage candid photos. Bob Gruen is like my number one. In fact, no more thing, props. Here he is. Kyler Clark, the king of all props. This was a gift. And this is actually one of my most prized possessions. It's a Bob Gruen original um, of Alice. And those are the same uh, boots that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I believe. They are the same boots that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But um, so, I mean, Bob, uh, he, his, the, the candid stuff that used to come out, uh, Mick Rock and all those sorts of photos are what really drew me into music. It was that the behind the scenes look at the lifestyle and um, just, just the vibe, you know, there, <laughs> Joe Perry there on the ground after smashing a guitar and Johnny is going to help him up in a minute. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, I, I think moments are, 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 are what a photo is all about. Like just getting that capturing that moment is, is the most important thing. Um, Go and back so, to that other photo, Vic, uh, the, the, of Joe Perry. You just had that moment right there. That wasn't shot in Coney Island by any chance, was it? It was on that <laughs> tour days oh before. Wow. I, I, yeah. Okay. Well, there that. you go. Well, he was he was tired. He had he had tired some stuff going on, and uh, and so that was just before that. Um, and uh, anyway, so um, I think a good a good moment a, a good photo is a, a photo that effectively captures a mood in, in an image um, in a frame rather than a posed photo. If I'm taking pictures of people and uh, and they and they look at me, I'm no longer interested in taking a picture unless it's like I'm taking a meet and greet photo. This is the first photo I ever took uh, it, at, it, it, within Alice's realm. This was the psychodrama rehearsal. We were in Phoenix at, at like the, um, oh, I don't remember what it was, the somewhere we were we were rehearsing in this big giant arena and they had set up the stage and that was the first photo when I, on my first day in uh at rehearsals i went out and took a picture of the light you shoot that with an iphone 3 or what, what was that it was a terrible <laughs> grainy horrible photo uh, i did take it with a camera but it, i believe it was like some kind of canon like point and shoot it was terrible i was just a little but, reference to the iphone genres and how many different genres we've had of iphones uh, folks yes, yes don't yes, get yes. all upset don't cancel me don't Thanks. hate i'm not hating on kyler i love kyler i love his shots that's why we have him this is out Al- this is alice's uh look he's very much has that look a lot of times yeah. um on stage like you get to spend this time with alice like uh, if you go back to that picture real quick Vic you get to spend so much time with Alice in these sort of moments like whether the band's out there doing a musical interlude and it's just you and Alice you're trying to change him uh, you're you're changing him you're helping him with with some of the props you're helping him with his clothes what's he saying during those moments or what's going on during those moments when you are like it's just you and him but in the heat of the moment of a show there's there's before show Alice where we're singing stupid songs about underwear. I mean, like Cheryl, she's got recordings of us singing stupid songs. We make up stuff and we have this really cool relationship. Alice, he's like family, you know, um, and uh, it's uh, my relationship with Alice is very special to me. You know, I feel like I've got this, you know, there's just this trust there. Um, and, uh, you know, we goof off sometimes. um and but that's before the show during the show when he's coming back during during the especially at the beginning of a tour um there's no there's not really a lot of nonsense there's he's focused on being 
what's next. You know, he's mapping out in his head what's next. So he'll come back and we'll do a wardrobe change. This is all tour wardrobe here. Um, but uh, we'll do a wardrobe change and uh, and he won't really say anything unless he's got something going on. Hey, my my monitors aren't, aren't working or um, don't forget this. We're, we're changing this, those sorts of things. Um, and then once the show becomes automatic, then there's like we're, we can goof off. He'll he'll be kind of being silly backstage but as soon as he's back in front of the audience he's back to being no nonsense he's back to being this character that you see has he ever um, talked to you about how good i've played golf that that exact day when you're backstage 100%. <laughs> every time he comes back from golf he gives me an update on how everybody does and he goes oh i shot 68 today well, like, alice always shoots a 68 please you know yeah pencil wood oh, is very very <laughs> strong <laughs> Pencil is your strongest he wood. He's, he's gets the strongest wood in your bag, the pencil. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's uh, yeah. There he That's, is uh, throwing out some he's shots. Throwing, What's throwing that? out a first pitch somewhere. I think it's in it's in uh, Toronto. Nice. I think. Yeah, he's thrown out a lot of first pitches, folks, man. The things we do for really free baseball tickets. Right. Thank you, Alice. Over the years, yes. Alice has sacrificed many hours of his life so that we can watch nice baseball games. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> here's a co-question because they both asked sure. uh, sort of the same type of question, so I combined it together. Okay. At Hannah Cope 88 and at Funky Almadena um, asked, do you prefer using black and white or color? And do you feel each of these finishes give photos a certain sort of feel or vibe? I prefer black and white. If you couldn't tell by my um, my looks, it's it's black and white, and that's just I think probably become because the early photos I have in my brain of of rock and roll are black and white images. But there's a version of that particular image in color, and so like to me, it black and white seems to freeze a moment better than well, it's let's, let's see the black and white version of that same photo, Vic. Do you got that? It, it, the black and white kind of makes almost a dreamscape, and of course, it's darker. I did these quick little these quick little versions like ten minutes before we came on, so they're I did not edit them properly. They're a little dark. Sorry should we that. have but, Should we have filmed this uh, podcast in black and white? Vic, can you can you change us to black and white right turn now? Turn me into black and white. Can we please do it. no do look it. at Vic can't no. do that. Okay, All right. well, um, anyway, so black and white. I think that is the uh, for me. I do enjoy color, and whenever I'm shooting. My camera has the ability uh, to give me a display. It displays whatever I'm taking in black and white on the camera. So whatever I'm shooting, it's black and white. And that, to me, um, helps keep me – I'm not distracted by pretty colors. I'm more focused on a moment instead of the lighting. Um, and uh, so I'm looking through my camera. I'm seeing just the black and white image, and I can really capture that instead of what's what's happening well, What's we are going what? down the rabbit hole of photo nerds right now because, uh, you know, I remember on the last tour, you had a very special camera. Film, yes. You had oh, a very, do, do you have that camera with you? Wait. So I, I have, uh, I got, I got this. This is, uh, uh, one of my film cameras here. Um, this is a very fun little camera, but I also, but have, that's I not the one, the one that, your, yeah, the one I was one thinking of, about. I think was a, a 3d or is a stereo or what the hell yeah, was it? Stereo camera. Stereo I'm, camera. I'm still getting into this. Um, this is a stereo colorist, a TDC stereo colorist, and it's, um, made by a uh, bell and howl. Very yeah. cool little camera. And you, don't look for them. The, the, the people that made that camera, I, I'm sorry. They're probably all dead. <laughs> Long gone. But, uh, uh, I do enjoy shooting film. I'm uh, less good at what it is. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm less good at 
creating art on film than I am uh, obviously with my, with, I just have more, I have so much time on uh, digital cameras and, and my, so I use Sony cameras and I have so much time in, with my Sony's that I can get anything I want out of the Sony, yeah. no matter what the thing is in seconds. I don't even, I'm not even looking at the menu. I'm just, I'm, you know, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen me on the side of the stage, it looks like I might be doing sign language, but I'm, I'm moving things around on my camera, like in the dark. Uh-huh. Ch- changing, uh, ASA and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, ISO, ISO, whatever, yeah. PTQ. Um, pretty young thing. BYT, uh, pretty young thing. <laughs> I like this question here, which can a great photographer take a good shot with a bad camera or can a bad photographer take a good shot with a um, bad camera? Um, I always say that a, a the camera is only a piece of the puzzle. I, I did a I was at this is not related to photography, but I'll go into it. I went to a clinic with Victor Wooten, who's a bass player when I was a kid. And he was like he's an amazing technical bass player. And this guy asked a similar question. My bass, I can't get the right sound out of this bass. It's a piece of junk. I don't have any money. Um and Victor Wooten asked this guy, bring me your bass. Let me see it. And he this you could cut cheese with the action on this bass. It was like really a terrible <laughs> instrument. But he did his thing. And it sounded just like Victor Wooten. And he goes, this is all, this is very important. All of my, my sound is coming from me and not the instrument. And the instrument is important. So if you have a nice camera, you can, you can fine tune your results. But there are early pictures of me with a terrible camera or an iPhone where I still am able to capture a moment without a good quality camera. Um, and it is important to have a nice camera or it's more important to have a good camera that you can, um, that you can learn, you should definitely learn it to the max. Know exactly how to get what you need out of that particular camera, whatever camera it is. Well, um, if you if you like that question, I have one more for you. Uh, sure, sure. If a woodchuck could chuck wood, what chuck wood could a woodchuck? If a, I don't know. Um, is it Chuck Chuck Garrick? <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Chuck Garrick. Hold on, oh, it was just confusing on. me. It was like I, I I felt we were in the Matrix for a second. We are in the Matrix because we're with Kyler Clark, uh, Alice Cooper's uh, personal pers- uh, assistant, plus his on tour uh, cool. photographer. Plus, he's his own man. He's got his own beard he's a father he's a bassist and we are right in uh, rounding up the end of let the people speak because i know we had a lot of questions uh this week for yeah, let yeah. the people speak but it was, it was we can blast through a few if you want to throw them, throw them we'll at me. I'll, blast I'll them just quick. a couple more and then uh then i'm gonna let you go because we do you know we film on different uh time zones and uh dinner time uh, seems to be around swedish time but i appreciate yeah. everybody here that's been in the chat hanging with us uh and wherever you are right now in the world thank you for supporting the podcast make sure you do subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to if it is youtube channel just hit that subscribe button right there where our illustrious producer vic chalfont is pointing subscribe and um you know just subscribe you know that and uh just a couple more questions i think this is a good one um and i might end it up on that because uh this is from at marcello.nucci um because as as an assistant you do get some um Crazy, crazy uh, situations. You get to be in some sort of situations where uh, yes. people do give Alice a lot of uh, uh, gifts. They give him a lot oh, of requests. Yes. But what is the Very strangest strange. request you've ever got from Alice or the band? Now, this um, is not gifts that, that people give to Alice. This is gifts. What have we ever asked you to do? Well, the strangest thing that happens, this is like Twilight Zone. Every day, no matter where we are in the world, 
um, I'll get a, hey, where's the nearest Starbucks? That's a strange request because you guys all have the same information <laughs> that I do. And somehow, no. now, is, where's the me, nearest Starbucks? Is that coming from Tommy or is that coming from Alice? It's coming Tommy. from Tommy. Okay. Um, but I know uh, the strange, but, but, strange but do request. But do it in his accent. Do it his accent. Come on. Where's the, where's, <laughs> the, where's the Starbucks? Where's, is there Starbucks around here? Who? <laughs> just walking. This place sucks. Where's, this where's place the sucks. What's the dump? What is this? <laughs> So strange request from Alice. I mean, like it's, hey, we need, uh, we need more blood in the guillotine or whatever. So, uh, can you rig up a way to to blast the blood? So I have to go to the hardware store and get like a CO two canister and create like a little tube and blows blood out. Or, um, wouldn't it be weird hey, if you I, actually I, went I into a hardware store one day looking for some fake blood and you saw yourself working in that hardware store way back Meta. when. Oh, <laughs> Meta. That's like an episode yeah. of Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Don't do it. Man, you know, there's all kinds of weird stuff that he's asked me to to, to find, like, well, uh, out of nowhere. Hey, oh, this is a good one. I need a whip. Okay, we're in London. And it's like, I need a whip for this photo shoot tomorrow. We're in London, and it's like 10 p.m., and, and the photo shoot's at 8 p.m. Where am I going to find a whip in London at that hour i gotta go to a sex shop i gotta so go i go into this <laughs> i got a guy so i gotta go to this sex shop so i go down to where they the the adult stuff is and i bought this whip i swear to god the big end was this big and i had to sign a waiver because it was for sex and like you uh, they they basically like you could really hurt somebody with this thing i don't think that so, the, that's the end you actually want to hold with your hand i don't know it, it was a big meaty thing um, but we ended up using it for the photo shoot and, and say that, but you know, you have to get creative when you're out there. Like, you know, <laughs> can you find me a sword? Well, it's like 10 in the morning and, and I don't know where I'm going to find a sword. I literally found a sword. I walked around the block. We were doing a radio thing and he goes, I need a sword for this something we needed. We have had some very strange requests. I, 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 I'm <laughs> thinking about over our history. I think there was a time, didn't we want, there were, there were glasses, they were actual. Oh. <laughs> what was that? And they actually ended up getting smashed. What? What? What was the whole story behind that? Didn't we ask what? for? What did we want? It was some sort of thing. Oh, that, it was a um, beer mug. Yes, sign for for some sort of like I don't remember what we it was, wanted but, to be like sailors yes. or something like that. Yes, and and it I think it lasted race, one show, dead. one show, and then. And they miraculously got destroyed. Alice has fun ideas. Well, he wants. Hey, I want to try this thing and. And sometimes his ideas might be met with a little bit of resistance because it, it requires an extra eight seconds to, tr to, to set something up. If you're watching Caesar which, Sabatini, we knew I it was say, you, Fredo. We knew it was you, Fredo. I, I, I will say is very frustrating for the boss when he says, let's try something. And somebody goes, eh. Nah, no, you got to try it, man. His name's on the marquee. Try it. Got to try it. Well, so, yeah, I forget anyway. what that was, but it was some sort of thing to do with glasses. And then the next day, they, they it all broke. They you know, all somehow broke. We broke some crazy yeah, stuff. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, weirdest so, gift. Yes. Now, now this is the question that I was was leading into because you get weird requests from us and the band, the band and Alice. You get weird requests from all of, all of us. But uh, what's the weirdest gift you've ever seen? Because a lot of the fans give Alice gifts every single show. I'm I'm lucky enough to receive every gifts from show. you all. Thank you very much. Um, I yes. cherish them all, but. There's some weird ones, right? And which one? The, we the weirdest thing that I've ever seen someone give Alice, and, and people give Alice stuff all the time. For example, this beautiful thing. Or all of these little guys over here. These are 
little Funkos. I mean, Aww. we've got all kinds of things. Look at this. Well, you had, you had, a, yeah, yeah. I like that's the one that you used on your story. That oh, was look really looks, a bobblehead. That's or isn't there an Alice? Isn't there a Kyler Clark bobblehead as well? There is another one. Oh yeah, this guy. That's this one. And these are all just ones that people will, uh, you know, when they're a fan of Alice. Sometimes I'll get, I'll get riffraff that comes to my way, and I love this stuff. So. Now, did now, um, but just to make just to make clear, Todd Kearns didn't give you that uh, mask of himself, did he? No, no, no. no okay, no, 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 no. there you go. I just want to clear that up for the folks listening at home and watching <laughs> but, at home. So, so that's all cool stuff. People give us all kinds of art. Alice is getting things. If you're gonna give Alice a piece of art, by the way, please don't give him a giant framed thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say that anything that's bigger than. A dinner plate is too big. We're yeah. touring. We're on the road. It might not survive the it. tour. It's we hang not it. Survive the tour. It gets hung somewhere, but yeah. it, you know, it gets hung, uh, traded out for a piece of art and a hotel room because we can't carry all this stuff. Anyway, so the weirdest thing: this actually did not get, uh, does not make it to a venue. This actually came to Alice's house. Um, someone dropped off a little box, and it had two cat hearts in it, freshly removed cat hearts real ones freshly dead. uh mm. and freshly dead um and i and i don't and it had a letter that was with it um we get a lot of very strange um mm. letters and sometimes the letters are you could tell that there's some 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 disconnect there with reality lots well, of there's uh, a lot of whenever they're analysis. letters individually posted and cut out and painted you know, like a sort of yes. a ransom letter. Some, think, some people think that Alice is in control of some satellite in the sky and it's, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, I wish you could <laughs> control, I, I wish Alice could control NFL Game Pass so I could, yeah. so I wouldn't have, <laughs> send if it's it right true. To you. Yeah, send it right to me, man. <laughs> so, so, so you have two cat hearts to get sent to him. Yes. That's pretty uh, weird. That, that was weird, and that was that warranted uh, some police involvement, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, but or at least you know, the SPCA, it, right? Yeah, yes. But so you know, in general, we get we might get some Peter. some odd gifts, but for the most part, it's well intentioned photos or art. A lot of art, a lot of little statues, lots of little things, and uh, all that stuff is is really cool. People give him things that are. Um, that are pieces of his own history, like um, like this little jacket here. Um, and actually, this has got to go back to Alice. I, I, I can't reach it now. But um, <laughs> Will this someone all... please take that back to Alice now? Is there anybody in the chat room that would like to hand deliver this to Alice and a couple cat hearts? All of these things that are behind me, some of it is wardrobe that is from the tour. And I bring stuff home to have it repaired or to uh, to have it cleaned when we're on off tour. You don't want this stuff sitting in a wardrobe case because it will get moldy and disgusting. Like all <clears throat> so, my clothes are right now as we speak. Yeah. So I, I bring a two empty suitcases and I fill them with all the wardrobe and I bring them home. And then we've got a nice backlog of stuff and he can go, Hey, do you have that jacket? That is this and uh, bring that. And we'll go through what I have here before a tour starts and he'll go, uh, okay, bring that, bring that, bring that. And we'll pick stuff out. And then there's some things that he's given me, some things that are things, but a lot of this stuff is not, physically not actually my stuff um it's it's stuff that belongs to alice that i just have here 
because it's easier for it to be here and safer for it to be in my position rather than to be in a storage unit. If we only all had a Kyler, you know what's happening with my clothes? My clothes are getting cross-pollinated with Bisto Blanco clothes and Tommy Hendrickson clothes. Mm, And I I actually think it's like a biohazard at this point in our wardrobe case. And of course, Glenn's one shirt that he wears on tour for the entire tour is still there. And that's probably its own little uh, biosphere in itself. It's not even a shirt anymore. There might be a new alien creature created from all of our clothes that are right now fermenting in the uh, wardrobe case. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Melissa, it is. So what do you got there? Um, I I know this is probably something that some people might be interested in. This was one of the heads that uh, this was a head that was displayed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they retired it from the uh, Hall of Fame. And basically the last time we were in Cleveland, uh, they they called and said, hey, um, do you want to come down and and grab a few things. This was one of the things that I grabbed. And uh, this will go into our archive, but it is not safe to ship. So mm. I have to actually physically bring this there. Um, and I, and it, it's very, very fragile. All of the, It's all kind of like foam. So uh, we have to be really super that's careful. Not it, that's, that's, that's not real. foam. That's not real. It's not real, is it? Not real. It's a foam, But anyway, this, this was uh, from the trash tour. Look how cool it is. Um, in fact, if you Google um, Alice Cooper severed head auction, you'll find one that's sold um, that was almost identical, similar to this. Um, and you can get a better look at it. Uh, uh, that was uh, sold, I think, a long time ago. I don't think his cheekbones um, are as defined as they were no. as they are today. So I think Alice has actually improved his bone structure over he the really day. He really has improved. Definitely this head. This, this Did he get his molars removed? It's it more of a supermodel thing. I. <laughs> you can you can see this little bulb thing here. Um, this was filled with fake blood, and, and uh, there's a little tube here, and the blood comes out of the mouth. Okay. Anyway, um, I have all kinds of little things in my house. You could <clears> trade that um, for a whip in some sort of adult store in London, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. When it comes to bartering, that's all I'm saying. You know what, Kyler? We have warranted, we've, we've been going, but we've definitely warranted a part two, I believe. People on the chat, if you'd like to uh, have a part two with Kyler at one point in the near future, um, please say yes, because Kyler does need to get back to his child. He is doing daddy daycare and he's taken out this time today to do this. Yeah. You forget. (laughs) I just got a notification on my, on my thing. It says math part one. Is supposed to be happening now. Math part two is a Zoom call. So okay. I know, I think Archer actually is watching this somewhere in the house. He's got, we've got the feed Hey, Archer, Archer, your dad's coming right now. Forget. We will do part two. Call. If you guys Push all want part plate. two, it'll happen. He's, not, he's like, not, not, he's in school, like not even paying attention to what's going on on the Zoom call. Whatever. It's been a great one with <laughs> Kyler Clark. I, oh, I will awesome. not leave without having people know uh, how to get in touch with you, how to follow you, um, because they want to do it right now. They've been hanging out the entire time. Thank you so so much good people yeah, in the, you. and all the chats, the Facebook, Facebook live chat, uh, the YouTube chat. But please, if you will, please state all your social media contacts. It's Kyler Clark. Go ahead, folks, for the folks listening at home. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, on Instagram, I'm at Serial Kyler. Twitter, I'm not really on there very often, but it's also at Serial Kyler. And on Facebook, if you just search for Serial Kyler Photography, you'll find me. And then, of course, SerialKyler.com is my website where I just basically... Uh, you know, post prints or things that have got going on. It's it's all kind of a mishmash of stuff. On there, you can also find backlog. Uh, the last um, only six episodes of my podcast <laughs> are available on SerialKyler.com. Also on the uh, uh, iTunes 
um, uh, I, I, what is it, the podcast? Confessions of a Serial Kyler. <clears throat> yeah, Confessions of a Serial Kyler. Those episodes are still out there. You can listen to them. Um, uh, and I have they're, they're out of date. I have not done another one in a long, long time. Well, don't but, worry. We will do a part two of this and... I, I want to do the reboot. I want to be your first guest when you try to do the reboot. Uh, let's know, do it. When you let's tend do to it. do the reboot. Uh, Kyler Clark, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you um, all day. Um, like I said, we will do a part two. You've taken some uh, time out for us today. We won't forget it. Um, everybody out yeah, there yeah. in the world, you've seen what we're going to do with the, uh, getting a little taste of what we're going to do with the Secret Sauce episodes. Uh, Joe I Satri- love that idea. That's cool. Joe Satriani coming up. Desmond Child coming up. Just go to Ryan Rock com and check out uh, that little button that says uh, special sauce episodes and yeah. uh, we will see you uh, next Tuesday for another live stream episode of In the Trenches but Kyler Clark until yeah, next man, Ryan, time my friend hey. yeah, thanks for having me on this has been fun good man enjoy the ride buddy clean this, ever, uh, clean this up yeah enjoy the ride In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy hello